Hello, welcome to the 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 big show. Uh, and by the big show, I mean the show starring yours truly, Michael Keaton, uh, director of such not hit films as Fatal Future and the very poorly titled The Head, uh, films that most people have not seen, and that's okay. I I can I can deal with that. I know that I'm meaningless. I know that this podcast is meaningless. I'm just some white guy who has an opinion about movies, and uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about some movies today. So what is Movie Loaf? What is Movie Loaf? Other than some guy with a keyboard he can't play. Uh, uh, talking about movies. Um, so this is going to be a, a, a very special sort of variety show format. Um, I'm sure plenty of people have done this before. I don't know. I listen to like five podcasts. Uh, but basically every show we're going to be trying out something a little bit different uh nothing uh is off limits as long as it has to do with movies how's my yeah um <laughs> uh as cinematech has said in the comments uh not just some white guy a hero of cult cinema yeah um so yeah uh uh this is going to just be me focusing on all, all kinds of uh, types of films. Uh, I, I watch and love too many movies, uh, and and not just movies, types of movies, whole genres, that I, I just don't have time to talk about on my YouTube channel. Uh, I don't have time to give each of them their own separate videos. I just There's just too many fucking movies, and I have too many projects. And over the years, uh, I've, I've constantly wanted to um try a new podcast now, i used to have a podcast it was called um what was my podcast called <laughs> oh, i was going great um i used to have a podcast all about um tv shows that lasted one season or less uh i i did it with a very good friend of mine who actually fun fact this is mildly fun fact but um my friend uh also named michael michael smallwood um we did um this podcast, and he was in Halloween. He was in the, the 20, was it 2016? 2018, 2018. Uh, he was in the 2018 Halloween. Um, he was when the, when Michael Myers is walking down the street, and the couple is coming out of their house, and there's like the guy who's dressed as like a sexy doctor. I think that's actually what he's uh, credited as, is sexy doctor. Um, that uh, That's Michael Smallwood. He, me and him, we used to do a podcast together. Uh, called Season Pass, and it was about TV shows, last one season or less, and it was a miserable failure, partly because we made the mistake of get, taking a name that was already partially used by another uh, podcast called The Season Pass, which was about, it's about um, theme parks. Uh, and then also at the same time, we had a, there was another podcast that some comedian started that immediately had so much more popularity than us called, I think, I think it was called Cancelled. And it was the same premise, but they started with Firefly, which was very smart. We were going to wait to do Firefly until we got like more people listening. That was a mistake. That was a terrible mistake. I don't know why we did that. Um, but I had that podcast. And since then I've had like a few podcasts. I think I wound up with like three podcasts at one point, but then season pass went on the longest Everything we had a, a wrestling podcast that died off after I don't know a dozen episodes. Uh, we tried a couple episodes of a horror podcast that didn't work, and since then I've had all these ideas for podcasts, and I've just wanted to do it. And 
I've just let the time go on. Like it's been years of me like just writing down little notes saying, you know, that'd make a that'd make a pretty good podcast. Not gonna lie. That right there, that's a good podcast idea. Yes, sir, read Bob. And I would just write it down. And then of course no one hears it or sees it because I never do it. Because it's always like, well, but you know, I also have this idea and this idea. So um what I'm getting at is this whole uh show going forward, if I if I continue doing it, if people like it and I if I keep up with it, uh, each show will be a minimum of two uh, uh, parts. So, for example, uh, today we're going to be doing uh, Attack of the Mainstream, wherein we talk about mainstream stuff. Of course, my channel, not a lot of mainstream content gets talked about on my channel. It's mostly cult movies, uh, stuff that like Vinegar Syndrome releases or Severin or Arrow, like things that, you know, w we like a lot and we know all about. But your average moviegoer doesn't know Jack about, which is fine. Um, but that's usually what I talk about. So Attack of the Mainstream will just be what what we do, man. Uh, I got I got distracted by a comment. <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be what we do. Uh, it'll be um, just Hollywood stuff, basically. So things that I wouldn't normally talk about, um, but it might be of some interest. And you know, it might it might catfish some people in. Might uh. I will do no such thing. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we're going to follow that up with Shutter Vision. And Shutter Vision is just me looking at uh, what's on Shutter, what's been going on on Shutter, what's new on Shutter, what's good on Shutter, what just, you know, what's 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 happening with Shutter. Um, because I wanted, I wanted to do a weekly show a uh, video show and it just it's after a while i realized there's no way I, I i can't put another i already have the quadruple bn which is all about blu-rays on wednesdays i can't do another weekly show it's just not possible um i would never get anything done so um i like that we're talking about the green knight now in the comments uh so if you're if you're listening to this after the fact after we've recorded um and this, it's on whatever podcast thing I have it on. I haven't even decided that yet. So I don't even know if this episode is going to be on a podcast thing. But um, if you're listening, uh, this show is, in theory, going to be every Monday around 2 p.m. Uh, on YouTube. Streamed live. You can also watch the show afterward uh, on the YouTubes on my channel. Uh, that link will be in the description it's so weird to talk to people in the future. I don't know. It's yeah. I've never I've never live streamed a podcast before, so this is really uh, just a weird thing. I feel like I'm in some kind of gaping hellhole. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about some stuff. So um, all of these uh, concepts, all these um, segments, will have their own theme tunes eventually. But right now, as I said, I have not actually commissioned the theme tunes, so uh, I don't know. Attack of the Mainstream. Um, time is made up. So, uh, and I will be talking to the comments at some points, and I probably won't say what people have said because I suck. So, yeah, go watch the video version of the show. Um, so, Attack of the Mainstream. Uh, first up, uh, we got to talk about DC Fandom. Uh, that was that was a thing. I, I I wasn't sure what to expect from DC Fandom. Um, you know, it's first off, it's a stupid name. Uh, but I, you know, I can appreciate 
the idea of a virtual con. I'm part of a virtual con. Uh, Dragon Con is coming up. It's all virtual this year. It's not going to have anything as big as a trailer for The Batman, uh, but it's going to be a pretty cool thing. Uh, that's A lot of that's going on through Discord. I don't pretend to really understand everything about it, but I'm producing some, ugh, I'm producing some content for it, and uh, uh, you should check it out. It's totally free. Um, I don't have the link in the description, but I think if you're technologically savvy enough to use Discord, you can find the link. Uh, so uh, DragonCon's coming up, and uh, that should be pretty fun. I, I assume I... I should know more, but I don't because I'm I'm sucky. Um, so uh, Matthew Spalding saying the Batman beat the piss out of that white fellow. We're gonna get there, Matt. We're gonna get there. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, DC fandom overall seems like it worked. I guess I I I don't know what everyone's thoughts were, but uh, just based purely on Twitter, uh, seems like it was a pretty well received little thing. You know the the Zack Snyder fanboys they finally got the uh trailer for the Snyder cut uh I <laughs> I love everybody uh <laughs> it feels like that that 40 chess that certain people are always talking about because as soon as that trailer dropped um that one critic I don't remember his name but that one critic um who I think works for Forbes uh mentioned that it looked like the exact same thing minus a few new shots uh as the or old Justice League, which I, you know, I personally think I, you know, I saw something certainly a little bit different there. I think that, you know, there's plenty of uh, the color grading is different and looks much better. Um, there's a bunch of alternate shots and, you know, shots from scenes that we, you know, might have seen portions of in the old trailer, uh, but we never saw in the actual movie. Um, so I think for I'm, I'm not part of that whole hashtag Snyder cut or hashtag release the Snyder cut um, uh thing i don't i never really cared that much uh but i do i like Zack snyder all right and um so the the forbes guy says this and Zack snyder immediately just just again as if to play 40 chess um uh as if to play 40 40 chess uh the fucking uh Zack snyder the fucking Zack Snyder, uh, he, doing this live, by the way, is very distracting, uh, the fucking Zack Snyder, he, um, retweeted that and basically called the guy a child <laughs> and was a total dick nozzle to this Forbes writer, and I, I get why he did. I know a lot of people on Twitter, especially kind of like the, on the left side of things, were very upset with poor Zack Snyder because he was being a dick to this Forbes guy, but to be fair, the Forbes guy was uh, referencing, and I think maybe linking, I could be wrong, but uh, he was referencing a leak of the trailer. It was actually before the trailer came out officially through DC Fandom. And I can understand, like if I'm Zack Snyder, and I've, uh, someone replied to me on Twitter and said, well, you know, if he, with his amount of money, he should be able to take it. No amount of money is going to stop you from being a little shitty when it comes to your art. When it comes to like things you're passionate about and you put years of your life into that tends to that'll make you a bit shitty when it comes to people being a little shitty to you you'll you, you know you have an opportunity to be pretty shitty and um i i think you know i don't think he responded well to it <laughs> but you know to to take this thing that was part of is forever linked to a very traumatic moment in your life um being the death of his daughter which was i mean awful um to have that link to that and then to have this thing that you spent so much time and has that traumatic link 
basically ruined. I mean, Justice League, I think at best was not a great film. Uh, and at worst was like the pinnacle of shitty comic book filmmaking. You know, to have it denigrated like that has got to hurt and has got to suck. And so to have this critic coming at you with, you know, oh, it just looks like the same thing. And then linking to a basically a pirated version of the trailer that you're really excited to unleash upon the world, no matter how meh that trailer might be. Like, that's that's gonna that's gonna make you kind of shitty. So I, I I understand where Zack Snyder is coming from there. I don't think he should have reacted that way. I think he should have apologized and you know said that he made a whoopsie. But he also you know has a lot of Snyder fans who have his back. So he, you know he probably has that mindset kind of going in as well. So uh, you know I'm not gonna judge the guy for being human. That's the main thing. Uh, I think I think it's silly to judge someone for reacting in a human way to your arc being kind of not slammed. I don't think it was slammed, but you know, I could see from his point of view, him feeling like he got shit on. So, you know, I, I feel for the guy to a degree. Um, and I like Zack Snyder. I think, you know, I think he's made more good movies than he has made bad movies. And he certainly has made some bad movies. I, for like, just to show you where I'm at, I fucking hated Batman versus Superman. It's one of those movies where I remember specifically, I was with my wife, um, not well, my my girlfriend at the time, and we were in the theater, and there was a moment. And I don't remember what moment it was exactly, uh, but there was a moment where we turned to each other and just went, "Oh, oh no!" And we both realized. I think it was before Martha, um, but we both realized how fucked this was because we like you know it started off. We're like, okay, not bad, not bad. Uh, this is this you know this doesn't make a lot of sense the whole you know why they're still in Wayne Tower thing but you know whatever we're good we're good nine eleven allegory cool 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 whatever whatever and then by the end of it it was just kill me kill me oh god why because we're both huge Batman fans and it was just oh my god not not a good time that being said I I do appreciate where he's coming from artistically with this universe I actually really like Man of Steel I don't have a problem with Man of Steel I liked it the moment I saw it in theaters and I haven't stopped liking it. Um, it has flaws. I think that, you know, Pa Kent's death is real dumb, but I'm, you know, it's a comic book movie. And while it does present this air of, you know, uh, serious dramatic superiority, I'll allow some stupid moments. I don't really care. Um, and I guess, they're, you know, they're, pro uh, as Dom pointed out, uh, didn't studio inter studios interfere with Batman vs Superman? Uh, I guess, but, I mean, a lot of the problems with that movie were not studio problems. A lot of them were, quite frank, probably Zack Snyder problems because they all existed in his uh, director's cut. So, um, you know, I would say, you know, the director's cut is a little bit better, but it doesn't ex exercise the, the issues that, that are really there with the film. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Justice League's Zack Snyder cut is better than Justice League. That being said, I can't imagine I can't imagine it being that much better. You know, I, I'm imagining it being like, you know, if if Justice League was kinda shitty, I I bet that the best we're gonna get out of the Zack Snyder cut, based on everything I've read, which admittedly is not as much as the like real zealots uh when it comes to Zack Snyder you know, uh material. Um I would say we're going to get a a pre pretty good movie, maybe an uh, you know, an okay flick, which I'll take, you know, whatever. Um 
you know, maybe better than Age of Ultron at least. I'll, you know, I'll take that. Um, which is damning praise, I, I recognize. Um, but let's see here. So, yeah, enough about the Zack Snyder cut. It, it looks fine. Um, I don't know why they presented it in that weird IMAX ratio. Um, that's a weird way to do that trailer. Um, but whatever. Uh, let's, uh, let's do a dumb thing. I've never done a... I say I've never. I have done this, but I don't really do a lot of uh, react stuff. It's not really my jam, yo. But um, let's see here. We're gonna go ahead and play the trailer for the Batman because that was the real big, uh, the real big to do. Um, pop. All right, so let's go ahead and play this. This should work fine, I assume. <laughs> Right off the bat, we're, we're, we're gritty. We're nice and gritty. <laughs> From your secret friend. I, I, I love this. Um, I know that slowed down music is kind of a, a lame thing for some people, but I, <laughs> I think this works really well. Having a clue. Let's play a game. Just me and you. Oh, here it comes. This is so bad. anything to you? Oh, just that silhouette. Oh, right. Let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and pause this. Um, I think if I pause it enough, then I won't get a copyright strike. I'm pretty sure, uh, or a claim rather. Um, so just right here, it's hard to even see because I'll admit, like, this is pretty dark. I I, I don't particularly like the um, comparisons to the Game of Thrones episode. With how dark it is, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's like hurting us to watch a dark movie. Um, I like movies that are very dark, um, like literally dark. Uh, I didn't have a problem with that Game of Thrones episode. Um, I could see it fine enough, and I think that this looks even brighter. Um, you know, it's dark. Meh. I <laughs> so what? Uh, but anyway, uh, I love the cowl. Like right off the bat. Um, as I said before, my wife and I are huge Batman fans. Love Batman to an aggressive degree. We love Batman too much. Um, and uh, I, I've i always been bothered by the fucking cowl. The cowl almost always looks like garbage to some degree. Like, there's little things. Like I really like um, uh, Batflex ears, for example. Um, did not like any of the Nolan cowls. I thought they all... Um, they got, you know, they weren't the worst but you know um i think that batman begins probably has the the absolute worst because um you know it kind of like squishes his little cheeks together like that um you know i've still not seen bat pussy uh matt allegretti um asked if i love bat pussy um i know you're just being funny but i've actually not seen bat pussy i need to buy that um agfa release um dom it doesn't take place in either you know okay so uh here's okay um in addition to everything else, uh, the I actually really like the Batfleck logo. I like the Fat Bat. Um, but uh, the, uh, the so this takes place in its own universe. This is its own thing. Uh, this is a, this is basically an Elseworlds tale. And that's my other thing I was going to talk about later. But I'll talk about it now. So cowl looks great. This is probably the best the cowl has ever looked, if only because it allows the cheeks room to breathe, um, and you don't have a smushed face. Um, but I, I I've always like i i don't remember the first time i thought about this really in depth it was during like the early years of marvel taking over but i've always wanted more elseworlds tales 
Um, I've wanted them to just say, fuck it, no continuity. Um, and I recognize this is kind of what it was before um, there was the uh, um, uh, Marvel Universe. You know, everything had, had its own universe. Everything was technically an Elseworlds tale. But my big issue was a lot of these movies going way, way back uh, really to, you know, with the, the, the superhero boom uh with spider-man and x-men was everything had to have a sequel and i feel like dc and i could be wrong here but i feel like dc and warner brothers have come to this point where they're like okay we're gonna we're just gonna make some movies and we're gonna have our you know we're gonna have our main continuity fine cool uh if it goes wrong we'll use flashpoint say fuck it reset that sucker real quick uh but we're gonna have our main continuity and then we're just gonna say fuck it we're just gonna do these elseworlds tales and uh that really started with joker um and i wasn't a huge fan of joker joker was not my cup of tea i did not i didn't hate it or anything it just you know i saw it in theaters and i was like oh that's fine um you know, I got a little bored with it at times. I thought Walking Phoenix was great. I think that he, you know, he really saved it. Uh, Todd Phillips, his direction was not bad. It just, it felt very, uh, I've, I've seen some Scorsese movies and here's my movie. Um, and you know, I, if I want to watch Taxi Driver, I'll watch Taxi Driver. And if I want to watch uh, King of Comedy, I'll watch King of Comedy. They're both better. Like the thing is, if you're going to, ape on a film that much you need to either really go real far in making it your own vision or you need to better those films and let's be honest he's not gonna you know no one's bettering taxi driver king of comedy anytime soon at their own game it's just not gonna happen um so to to be so direct with the influences i think it was a huge mistake for for todd phillips but with that being said I do appreciate that Warner Brothers is so quick to give these directors, you know, carte blanche basically as to what to do. Um, you know, does is it going to work every time? No, you're going to get your, you know, you're going to get your Heaven's Gate moment where the studio gives too much leeway and suddenly you have a massive disaster on your hands. Uh, and you're going to get movies that just kind of suck. Uh, you're going to get movies that are just okay, like Joker. Um, and then you will probably get your like magnum opus masterpiece fuck yeah moments which i don't think we've seen yet i don't think the batman is going to be that i don't you know i saw some people saying this is gonna be the best batman movie ever i don't think that's probably that's probably not going to happen if we're gonna be if we're being totally honest it's probably going to be up there um it'll probably be uh you know I'm, I'm willing to bet if i were to do a ranking video after I, this is released and this is me assuming everything based on a trailer made up of a quarter of the film's footage um or made up from edited from a quarter of the film's footage. Anyway, uh, it's probably going to come down just below Burton's Batman and The Dark Knight, maybe. Um, probably like number three overall. Um, just based on what, I, uh, what I'm what i seeing. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's going for this noir detective story. I think that's going to... Uh, that both expands and narrows what you can do with the material. Um, it could wind up being the best Batman movie ever, though. I mean, Matt Reeves is a very solid director, so who knows? Uh, anyway, we should probably continue this trailer. I don't know who is the, like, does anyone know who, what actor this guy is? Because I don't know who the fuck this is. Um, I'm assuming this is supposed to be, well, no, it's not Carmine Falcone, because that's John Turturro. Um, 
I don't know who that's supposed to be. Um, anyway. You're becoming quite a celebrity. And I, I think that, you know, Pattinson, uh, he looks... It could be the mayor of Gotham. It, he looks like a criminal. Is that... It, I guess... Oh, the OG, oh, OG commissioner. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense, actually. Because um, if this is year two of Batman in his career, then it would not make sense for Jim Gordon to be the commissioner. So it'd be the OG. That makes that's that's very that's a very good point. Um, um, oh shit! I totally missed the the name there. Um, Dom said, uh, "Would love for them to do a multiverse Batman film like the Spider into the Spider Verse." Uh, honestly, it looks like they're kind of doing that with Flashpoint because they they're gonna have Ben or they're gonna have Batfleck, and they're gonna have um, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, probably no other Batman's, but maybe you know maybe they'll they'll add in like some you know celebrity cameo Batman's you know like the Nick Cage noir Spider Man. Um, People are complaining about the length. Of, of course, they're complaining about the length of Pattinson's hair. Fucking pussies. Um, so, uh, uh, anyway. Uh, Why is he writing to you? There he Oh, God damn it! Almost got it. Yeah, I think, I mean, he looks like he's, he looks rich. Just because he's Robert Pattinson. Um, you know, he's got that, that, that solid jawline. Um... Let's see here. He uh, has that kind of look of world weariness, which I would too if I was Robert Pattinson. I think his hair looks fine. I mean, it looks like it's it looks like the kind of hair that you can comb it back if you're being the douchey playboy, and it will look kind of like that that New York stock trader look. Um, so you know, looks looks good to me. I mean, and he's Robert Pattinson. He's he's proven himself time and time again. Every time I see those fucking oh, but Twilight, oh, and he was he was. What else did they complain about him being <laughs> being in? Um, either which way. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, two years into his Batman career. Um, per whatever, whenever that someone mentioned that in fandom, I think. Uh, like this is what I would expect him to look like he's uh i think pattinson's like in his early 30s now if not mistaken and he looks like he's in his mid-20s maybe um mid to late 20s and that is where bruce wayne should be at this point so like i i get it that works for me uh and hey this is its own universe so it does not step on batflex toes or whatever else they're planning on doing um so right to you Catwoman. I love, I love her. Um, you can barely see it, but the uh, the cat ears made up under the um, ski mask. That's pretty good. Um, I totally just forgot the actress's name, and I feel like a piece of shit for that. Um, oh god, it's the singer's daughter. Mm, crap. Uh. Zo Kravitz is it is it Zoe Kravitz I don't remember <laughs> I'm so bad at names um anyway um I I love um they did show Colin as the penguin we're getting there Zoe Kravitz okay I was right um I mean she's a really solid actress oh there he is so um there is what people are saying and the makeup artist said is Colin Farrell as the penguin 
Um, looks good. So this is where, okay, so I have a theory about this movie. And I, I am almost definitely wrong. Most of the time, my theories are wrong. When my theories are right, I throw a fucking block party because I am shocked. Um, so, uh, obviously, yeah, the villains we have uh, cast are the Penguin, played by Colin Farrell, and we have the Riddler, played by Paul Dano. Now, uh, I... First off, this is... We haven't seen... We haven't officially seen Paul Dano as the Riddler. Um, some people are saying he's the guy in the beginning with the mask doing the, the taping. Um, I don't know why you would assume that because we haven't seen him. I mean, he kind of has the right build for Paul Dano, but it, you know, it could also be, since this is a mystery film, a red herring. Um, so here's my theory. And again, this is almost definitely wrong. Don't shit on me in the comments. I, I'm just making assumptions here um, based on what I've seen from a trailer built from a quarter of a movie. Um, but I don't think that Colin Farrell is actually the Penguin. My reasoning for this is the Penguin is supposed to be, this is before he actually becomes the criminal known as the Penguin. He's just supposed to be Oswald Cobblepot. Um, and they got Colin Farrell, a, let's, a beautiful man, a beautiful man. And they give him all this makeup and he doesn't look anything like Colin Farrell now. Um, if you are listening to this and you're not watching and somehow you haven't seen the trailer or seen the pictures, uh, he looks like Richard Kind. That's that's what he looks like. He looks like Richard Kind with a super pointy nose. Nothing like Colin Farrell. Um, to the point where I'm still uncertain. Like it feels like who like whoever posted that screenshot of the makeup artist talking about it on their Instagram, it feels like they have to be full of shit because this doesn't look anything like Colin Farrell. Um, so uh i <laughs> i think that he is faking it i think he this i think that colin farrell is probably going to wind up playing the actual villain of the piece and it's not going to be the penguin he is actually just like in disguise as the penguin and the more i say it the more ridiculous that sounds but there, there's there's two options as far as i see there's that or they are really trying to get some of that sweet, sweet Oscar consideration. And it's like, oh, he plays an ugly person. And, hey, let's give an Oscar to the makeup people, too, because they did a great job. Um, so that's my my theory there. Now, my more substantiated theory, the, the theory that I think makes more sense and that could actually be true, um, and I might be on the money on, is I, I, I firmly believe that the Riddler is not the killer. Uh, I know that they said. I think I know. I think Matt Reeves said that they uh, are showing a new version of the Riddler, which you know insinuates that it's like a darker version, which could very well be the case. I mean, it's a darker movie, so sure, why not? Of course, it's gonna be a dark. It's not gonna be fucking Jim Carrey's <laughs> uh, Riddler, uh, but I I think I think he's just a red herring. I know in in Long Halloween, which I I'm I'm feeling less and less like this is gonna be like super close to Long Halloween, but. That's what they cited as an influence, so we're going to take it. Um, but in The Long Halloween, uh, he's kind of used as sort of um, just an element in the uh, in the overall plot. Um, I actually don't even remember who the killer was now. It's been so long since I read The, the Long Halloween. Either which way, um, I feel like this is all set up 
for a big twist where it turns out that the killer is somebody else, maybe, a you know, probably a notable villain of some kind, um, but not the Riddler. Uh, will the Riddler play a big role in it? Absolutely. Uh, heck, maybe even he'll take like the um, Calendar Man role. Who knows? But I don't think he's actually going to be the killer. Could I be wrong? Sure. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't read the script. All I know is what I've seen in this trailer. But that's my, my assumption. If you are justice, please do not lie. Oh, wait, did... Not lie. So it looks, I can't tell if that's, is that Jim Gordon? Lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? And of course, there's this guy that Batman fucks up. Um, and it looks like they're in like a Joker gang. And that's pretty cool. Um, I'm kind of wondering, watching this, because I think this takes place, if I remember correctly, I think they said this takes place um, in the um, 90s. And I know Joker takes place either in the late 70s or the early 80s. So I'm wondering... Like, I know this is supposed to be its own universe, but I'm wondering if they're actually going to tie this in to that Joker film with his influence kind of, you know, moving forward. Of course, that would ruin any theories about it all being in his head or like certain parts being in his head. But, um, you know, maybe. Um, uh, what, whoops. There's not really any spoilers in this movie. <laughs> Those last two punches might have been. Vengeance. Oh, there's an iPhone in it? Okay, I can pull this thing. Um, part of oh, and then there's the computer monitors, too. Oh, that's part of it. Newer. So I guess the 90s thing was just a real Right, right, the... See, I can't do tra I can't do like trailer breakdowns because I miss all the little uh, details. Why is he writing to you? Oh yeah, yeah. There it is. There's the the phone. So yeah. Um. Never mind. Uh. But anyway, it, it could still there could still be that Joker connection, or it's just you know, I mean the Joker is always a presence. It feels like so you know could just be that. That's out there. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a breakdown guy. That's why I never talk about these like that. Um, oh, I would love an an eye bat, uh, an eye bat. Jesus Christ, a man bat. That would be so fantastic. Ugh, love love man bat. Um, let's see here. Um, I would love to see that in a like if 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 they actually do continue with Batfleck. You know, if he actually like comes back long term, which I. Unlikely, but you know, if it happens, I would love to see him going up against a man bat. Mm. That physicality. Mm. Um, oh, you guys and your jokes. You guys and your jokes. Um, all right. So let's see here. Uh, so that you know, so that's the Batman trailer. Um, it 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 looks good. I think. Uh, it's not overwhelmingly awesome. You know, I don't think it's like, you know, holy shit, I'm going to go fucking nanners over it. Uh, I think the song helps a lot. I think that, you know, just, I mean, listen to that, like, last little bit. You'll see. 
Also, I love that he has the makeup on. That's 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 great. I've been waiting. Ah, just a good beat. Um, anyway, so that's uh, that's that. Um, I yeah, you know that's that's good. I don't <laughs> I don't have much else to say about it, um, other than it looks really good. Um, I don't think Matt Reeves ever said anything about doing a trilogy. I I could be mistaken. I don't pay that much attention to comic book movie news. It's usually like whatever comes up on Twitter or on Facebook talks about it. Maybe I'll see it, but I don't, I'm not like, um, super into mainstream movie news, <laughs> which is why we're not gonna be talking about much beyond DC fandom. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I think that looks really good, especially for only a fourth of the movie being done or a third or whatever they said. Um, I, you know, I'm very curious to see what else they, they have for us. I eagerly await a full length trailer. Um, anyway, and then as far as Suicide Squad goes, uh, I'm not going to go through, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's, let's, as long as we're doing this, uh, Suicide Squad, let's do, eh. let's do the behind the scenes. Okay. Uh, deadline, deadline, Matt Reeves. Trilogy Batman. I love the yeah, I love that it's Ratcatcher two in the movie and not Ratcatcher one. Um, I thought that was just a great, great um thing. I don't I don't see anything about Matt Reeves trilogy. Oh god, I accidentally clicked on an IndieWire article. That's not good. That's not good. I don't I don't want to. Anyway, oh wait, no, this is God damn it, Entertainment Tonight. Um, there it is. Okay, so... I think it's going to surprise people. I really, I really need Joel Kinnaman's career to work out, because he has not been in much good shit film-wise. <laughs> um, I just don't like IndieWire. Um, I, I, the way that they've... This isn't anything new for journalism uh, online, but they... They they take things and run with them in very unfortunate directions, and they also tend to really um, push narratives with some things when it comes to like social justice that I'm not a big fan of. Um, they tend to like um, add flames to the fire, I guess, with stuff that I, I I wish that they would you know be more journalistic with instead of trying to like just pull in clicks. Um, which site do I go to for mainstream movie news? I, I kind of just let it come to me, honestly. I don't really go to any specific sites. I go to io9 a lot, but that's really just like a, a quick and easy stop for me. Um, it's kind of just habit because I've, I've gone to io9 a lot over the years and it just that tends to be... Um, I don't even know if that's a mainstream site or not. Um, but uh, let's see. Cat says, uh, I like Black Mask from... Birds of Prey. I I loved I loved loved Black Mask. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Birds of Prey. I thought Birds of Prey was fine. Um, I, you know, it wasn't bad by any means. I don't. Th I, I'm not like a hater of Birds of Prey. Uh, and I went in wanting to love it, but I just at the end it, it felt very. Uh, it it didn't feel like a complete movie to me. It just felt like it ended, <laughs> like in the middle of it. Um, like once not, spoilers for Birds of Prey, I guess, but when Black Mask died, it was like, that's a really cool moment. 
I feel like that's a moment that should have come 20 minutes from now. <laughs> um, I'm not using social justice as a pejorative, by the way. I don't, I don't have anything against social justice. It's more how IndieWire does it. Um, you know, there's a certain... Uh, I think everything in the in in the world has um, a um, uh, a gradient, basically. Like there's very there's various shades of gray. Nothing's like black or white. You know, nothing's you know just this is evil. Period. There's usually like a reason behind it, and nothing's ever this is perfect, heavenly, good, purity. There's usually some like you know there's something behind that good. They can diminish it somewhat, not to any great degree, but to some degree. Um, and so within those shades of gray, I feel like, you know, I would like my media outlets to go somewhere in the middle um, and not just like push um, narratives just because they help get clicks. I would like them to actually do their their journalistic duty and actually investigate these things and try and not, again, not just do the TMZ, give me clicks thing. And I feel like that's what uh, IndieWire and a few other sites do. Uh, nothing against social justice. I have no problem with social justice as a, as a concept or even uh, in its execution all the time. I think there's plenty of times where, and I'm not going to use any examples because I feel like I'm already in deep water. Um, but uh, I feel like there's plenty of times where it's done very well and gone great. And I think there's other times where people have been screwed over um, for no good reason. And usually the people have been screwed over for no good reason bounce back just fine. Um, but I also feel like if you, uh, and this and a good point right here, I'm specifically not naming names. Uh, if you try to uh, push a narrative that's against like the status quo, um, <laughs> that's good. That's good, Jory. Uh, I don't know how to say your name. I'm gonna say Jory. Uh, you know, I feel like if you if you don't push the status quo that these sites are pushing. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, it's usually a, a more left uh, of things. Um, but if you go against the status quo, they shit all over you. Um, and everybody does it. It's not specifically the left or specifically the right or whatever. It, it, all There's this kind of sense of entitlement on the internet where people are like, your opinion is different from mine. You are this derogatory statement. You are a Nazi. You are, you know, whatever. Um and it it drives me nuts because, again, I operate on shades of gray. I think everything has, fits somewhere on the scale. Nothing is pure evil. Nothing is pure heavenly good. And this idea that, well, since you disagree, like the, the, the cuties thing. I'll, I'll talk about the cuties thing because I already talked about it in another video. And some people got shitty with me because I, I, I said something negative about like a Trump thing, I think. And they got all shitty with me about it. Um which sucks. I don't like the guy. It's not a political thing. I just don't, I, oh, because I said it wasn't a political. Uh, I wasn't talking about something politically, and I I said something mean about a Trump thing. And of course, the second you say something mean about someone's favorite politician, they get all shitty and all, and start crying. Um, and uh, that's Vince. Yes, uh, sad but true. Opinions should not get personal. Opinions shouldn't get personal. Thank you. Um, so I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last Jedi was good um uh jury that's yeah uh, that's kind of what i what i'm going with with the um pure evil i think you know most people will say like oh hitler um and before i go any further hitler very 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 bad man is the understatement of the century awful human being um 
honestly deserved worse than killing himself. Uh, deserved to get captured and fucking tortured. One of the worst human beings alive. But he operates on a on a on a on a scale on, on a gray scale, um, and you know he is on the darker side where it looks like pure darkness. It looks like it, but there is that little bit of that little tinge of light there that's making it not quite pure black. Um, where yeah, he cared about Germany and he was trying to do what in his mind was right. He wasn't doing it because he woke up one day and said, "I'm going to be evil." He did it because he thought, you know. Uh, this is how we have to do things to make Germany better. And he was wrong. <laughs> he was horribly wrong. Um, he was one of the, you know, I, I can't really say this enough, one of the worst people to ever live. But I would not say that his intentions were pure evil. Uh, his intentions were, good is a strong word, uh, his intentions were, um, I guess in his mind, pragmatic. It doesn't matter. The point is, um, even the worst people, there is something to be said. So when people are like, the, like even Donald Trump, is he the pure evil? No. Uh, is he an idiot? Probably. Uh, almost definitely. Um, I don't know why I took this bait, Evan. I don't know what my problem is. Um, I Fun fact about me, I don't do this much because I don't like to deal with uh, hate, but I, I am a very politically and social-minded person. Uh I, I've gotten into this problem on Twitter a lot um, where I'll, I'll say something and people on the left will say that I'm like a Nazi or a racist. And then I'll say something else. People on the right will say that I'm this like leftist commie. I don't know, man. People people are really like judgmental and it drives me fucking nuts. And I'm probably going to go on a rant like this again. If you want rants like this, this is a great show for you. This is going to be Michael's rant time. <laughs> um. But uh, anyway, fuck Hitler and fuck Trump. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't even remember what got us started here. <laughs> um, it was something about... I think it's because we started talking about, started talking about IndieWire. That's what happened. That's my, that was my mistake, is talking about IndieWire. See, that, that's, that's, that's where I made the, the whoopsie. Um, uh, anyway, so let's... Oh, and so I was coming back around. Um, the one name that I will mention regarding uh, social justice and it just being kind of sometimes shitty was the James Gunn thing. So, and this is where, where it, it drives me nuts. So James Gunn, if, you don't, if you're not aware somehow, uh, James Gunn made some, some very bad jokes on Twitter. And I think it is objectively true to say that they are juvenile, shitty jokes. I think he even said that they were awful jokes. Um, and I think if you, you know, if you've been around James Gunn since his time with Troma, then you know that he used to make some pretty bad jokes. Uh, he, he has a, a, a small role in, I think, I think it's Citizen Toxie, uh, and that small role is very offensive. Uh, he wrote some movies that were very offensive. Tromeo and Juliet is very offensive. That's kind of what Troma did. And for a long time, his thing was kind of being this edgelord type character. And, you know, people forget that, that there was a time where that was fine. There was a time where it was okay to just say edgy bullshit. It was a time before social media ruled our fucking lives. And uh, so James Gunn, he had some tweets. And, of course, some people on the right, I think it was like, uh, it was either Cernovich or uh, the, the guy with the last name starts with a P, Poe something. Uh 
started circulating um, this these tweets to his followers, and they did the same with um, Patton Oswalt as well. Pat, Patton Oswalt had done this thing where he did two tweets where if you don't read the follow-up or the, the first tweet and the follow-up tweet looks really bad or something like that. And uh, and so it didn't work with Patton Oswalt. Somehow Patton Oswalt got through it just fine. But I think because James Gunn's didn't have that like context, it was just shitty joke for the sake of shitty joke. Um, I think that, you know, it, it was easier to prey on James Gunn. Uh, also, he's a director. You don't see him as much. You know, Patton Oswalt is this guy that you see in stuff all the time. I think that helps a lot when there's someone you can like, you know, um, you have an image to attach to the name uh, and a personality. I don't think James Gunn, you know, he's not as famous as Patton Oswalt, so it's easier. Um, and that's a big problem with these kind of movements is when it's someone you don't know or you're not like intimately familiar with their work, it's easier to shit on them. And then it's very easy for people with, you know, someone famous um, with like Patton Oswalt. Um, when you're that famous, it's easy for people to, you know, to have this personal relationship with you. Um, that they imagine. I mean, it's not a real relationship. You don't actually know Patton Oswalt, but unless you do, which I mean, in that case, good job. You you know Patton Oswalt. That seems nice. I, I bet he's fun to hang out with. But um, most people don't know Patton Oswalt. He could be a total scumbag. I don't think he is. Uh, I think he seems he seems like a really cool dude. Um, but because there is this relationship, this fake relationship that you've built, seems less likely. It's whenever um, you know whenever Logan Paul does some dumb bullshit. His fans have that relationship to him where it's like, oh, you know, he's just a fun guy. He likes to joke around. And then all of us are like, no, he's a piece of shit. What the fuck's wrong with you? Um, so, you know, uh, and, and you know, you go on about like, vic you know, the being a victim of celebrity or something. But the point is, James Gunn does not have that connection with people. Um, you know, these people didn't grow up watching his trauma stuff. They didn't watch PG porn back in the day. Um and so when you only know him as the guy who directed Guardians of the Galaxy, when you hear these things as someone who is ignorant to his other work, suddenly it's very easy to go, oh, fuck that guy. And I think that's a problem where people don't care about context if it's not someone they already love. Um, and so they go, oh, it's inexcusable. First off, comedy is never inexcusable. There's nothing wrong with comedy um, or using darkness in comedy. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, are, are there jokes that fail and are not funny and you probably shouldn't make again? Sure. Are there jokes that age very poorly and you would not use, you know, now that you maybe would have back in like, I don't know, 2004 or whatever? Sure. Um, but I don't think that there is like any type of comedy that someone should be canceled for. Um, I think that that's silly. Personal actions, sure. Um, but to cancel someone over a bad joke is ridiculous. And especially this whole, like, if you make a joke about pedophilia, you're a pedophile brigade that's on Twitter. Fuck them. They're the kind of people that make me want to quit Twitter right this second. Because they are goddamn annoying. Because they will do any... And there's this, like, this whole thing on every side of the political spectrum, even outside of politics. There's this need to to turn, to turn decide people are pedophiles. And I, I don't understand. Especially when you have actual pedophiles out there. Uh, like Victor Salva. Um... Uh, and, you know, and, and like Roman Polanski, like I, 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 I don't really cancel a filmmaker's work. I don't watch Victor Salva movies because, um, he, he raped a, a, a boy, <laughs> like, 
and filmed it. Um, I, you know, there's there's a certain point where you got to go. Wait a second. Uh, when someone's like a violent rapist, uh, no, thank you. Um, and so, and the same kind of goes for almost for Brian Singer. Although I'll, I'll watch a Brian Singer movie. I won't pay to watch a Brian Singer movie, but like I'll watch X Men. Um, but I'm never gonna pay to watch another Brian Singer movie. I hope I don't have. Like I hope I don't, I'm not faced with that decision actually. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, when it comes to stuff that's okay at the time, that's another thing. Like context does matter. I, I always see, uh, and this happens again on any side. This is not a left or a right thing. This is everybody. Context doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Context always matters. Like there's never a time where context doesn't matter. That's insane. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Like that's the difference between first and second degree murder is context. Um, Apparently, yeah, this is apparently what my stream is now. We will get to Shudder, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, and, like, everybody said things that they, they shouldn't have said. Everybody's done things they shouldn't have done. You know, uh, criminal versus, you know, just uh, tasteless. That's, you know, a big difference. But, you know, like, I've had, uh, like, I've never done anything criminal, first off, um, with with anyone. But, you know, I've I, I when I was younger, I said things that were awful. Um, I had awkward times with, with girls, um, again, nothing that bad, but you know, I've had these things that now, you know, you could wind up with a Twitter post about you that goes viral and you're fucking canceled, uh, over, over stuff that's bullshit. You know, when I see like young people getting canceled, like, you know, younger than say 19, you know, so 18 and below, um, when I see young people getting canceled, that's horrifying because that's like the prime of your life where not the prime of your the prime of your life is like 20s into 30s but uh that's the part of your life where you are supposed to learn where you're supposed to make mistakes and figure your shit out um and uh, i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to give any specific examples from the news because i feel like that could get me in trouble but um you know i i don't think you should be going on social media and judging like a 15 year old or a 16 year old or whatever because you know you're just going to hurt them in the long run. You shouldn't, you know, they, should they get punished for something bad they do? Sure. Like if some kid, like, I don't know, shoplifts, you know, they should get punished in however, you know, the, the police and the parents want to punish them. Sure. Fine. Punish them. But if that same kid is then, you know, like there's, I don't know, video of the shoplifting and it get and like, maybe, maybe like there's, there's video of them being, um, interrogated seems like a strong word for shoplifting but you know they're being talked to by the cops and video of that gets thrown online and in circulates if that were to be the thing that that kid is remembered for now like that's permanently on the internet and everybody's making jokes and memes and you know shitting on this kid for committing a crime like that potentially ruins that kid's life and if that didn't go up online this kid and this isn't based on any real story i I'm not, I'm not alluding to anything. Um, that kid suddenly becomes a, a piece, of, like potentially a piece of shit or potentially kills himself or potentially does all this stuff. When if he had, if this hadn't happened, he could have just been a normal member of society. Maybe he, you know, learns from the experience and becomes a cop. I don't know, um, which I guess is bad now. But, you know, point being, becomes a whatever, becomes a, a volunteer for something that makes things better in the world. I don't know. Um, but you know, there, there's these people that their lives are changed forever in the most negative possible way because of social media and people just being shitty. And I think it's, you know, I guess it's part of that whole, like, 
having a different face uh, or like being anonymous, basically, um, or having power. There's a lot of people with power trips. I've experienced that a lot on Twitter with people have like a few thousand followers and like get to write in a fun in a fancy magazine. And suddenly they're like the moral barometer for the world. And it's like, get the fuck over yourself. You're a nobody. You're just some person who a lot of people like your shit on Twitter, a thing that eventually is going to die away and have very little importance going forward. Um, anyway, yeah, as Matt says, the moral of the story is stay off social media, kids, because it, it, it sucks. Um, uh, what does Cat say here? My parents were very racist, but that was how they were raised to think, and sadly, they never thought it was bad or considered it anything but normal. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the South. I'm from South Carolina. There's, there's plenty of things that are, you know... Um, considered normal that are not um that are just like a generation back uh if that um so you know i i think context is really important um i don't think you should shed on people just for base beliefs you know i saw someone uh on twitter and this is probably a joke but they said um imagine having republicans as friends like get the fuck over yourself man there's nothing wrong inherently with being republican there, what's wrong is what then you say as a Republican. But like my parents are Republicans. They fucking hate Trump. They're going to vote for Biden because they just don't want any more of this. My my stepdad is one of the most like conservative dudes you'll ever meet. Fucking hates Trump. There's nothing wrong with like considering yourself a Republican. It's literally one half of our political spectrum as Americans. Uh, anyway, um, back to <laughs> back to this fucking suicide squad thing. Um, Got to move on. You kind of sit there and go. How did they do that? It's going to be different from any superhero movie ever made. There's no one better. I love, um, and obviously Suicide Squad kind of did this first, but um, I love the the lack of sexualizing Harley Quinn. Um, if only because I hate that in Suicide Squad, she looks like, um, I don't know how to put this. She looks like a slut. Um and uh here's the thing she like in 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 birds of prey she has the i think it's like a gold outfit if i remember correctly gold or yellow um she looks hot you know why she looks hot she's margot robbie of course she looks hot and like the the outfit she has here um i might get canceled for saying hot i don't know um, like you know it's not like a skin tight outfit but she looks hot, and she looks more comic accurate. Like, this looks like an outfit she would wear in the comics. Um, she doesn't look like she's being over... Like, it doesn't look like an outfit that is overly sexualized. It doesn't make sense in the context. You know, they're doing this, like, weird storming the beach sequence. And she looks like she's dressed for that. It looks like... I mean, it doesn't look like it's the most um, malleable outfit, but that's not... That's not... You know, that that's expected. Um, but, um... There's no one better in the world to direct the Suicide Squad. I, I I'm not big than James on, Gunn. I don't love that this video is basically just sucking James Gunn off, but also I love James Gunn, so I'm like I'm kind of conflicted here. Like I'd really like just to know more about the movie. I don't need to hear about how great James Gunn is. I've seen his movies. Yeah, he's great. Cool. It almost feels like they're doing damage control. It's like oh fuck, he had this Twitter thing. Let's do damage control. Oh, also, um, James Gunn is a perfect example of someone bouncing back. I am almost, like, I hate that, we, that he had to deal with the headache and I had to watch the headache, but I'm almost glad he got canceled for a bit because now we get James Gunn doing Suicide Squad and that's fantastic. Um, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not, uh, I'm weird. I, I like comic book movies. I've watched almost all comic book movies that have come out. Uh, and I look forward to them, but I often don't revisit them. Uh, it's usually like, it's an event, you know, it's, you go to the theater to see this big spectacle and you see it and you're like, cool, that was fun. I'm going to go watch, uh, f- something with actual substance now. Um, but there are some movies that I will rewatch and this, and James Gunn's movie, like I love Guardians of the Galaxy too. Um, I mean, I, lo- I like them both, but, um, two is so good. Uh, just as a film, like it's one of the few MCU movies that I really just enjoy revisiting. Um, and this looks fucking wild. Anyway, I was excited with an opportunity to be able to do the Suicide Squad in the. W- I'm also assuming that this is going to be rated R since they are so into that now. Um, I, I they probably said that at some point, but anyway. Way it could be done from my point of view. This one is completely unique. This is a gritty 1970s war movie combined with brilliance and James Gunn's characters and comedy. You need your director to set the vibe. The Suicide Squad is just a twisted fantasy of characters. Within each of our characters, there's a certain beauty. Within most of them. Some of them are... I love Sean Gunn as as Weasel. That's that's such good casting. (laughs) Just pretty crappy through and through. Be like a douchey Captain America. The guy who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he needs to kill along. I feel like John Cena is either going to die very early or because he has that like that really silly costume that obviously does not have as much thought put into it as the others. Um, So he's either going to die really early or I think that maybe I think maybe he could turn into like the kind of like a pseudo bad guy. I don't know. Probably just going to die early. Um, but I, I love John Cena with a, a aggressive passion. I'm a big wrestling fan. I don't really keep up with it as much now, just because I don't have the time. Um, also, WWE's kind of, I don't know, they kind of pissed me off. But um, uh, I love John Cena. Uh, loved him for a long time. Uh, and I am just so excited, excited for just to see whatever he does in this movie, because I, I, I'm always excited to see John Cena. Along the way. Okay, I got it. Don't ever settle back like you think you know where this is going because you don't. As soon as you have some sense about what's about to happen next, James comes in. No! This is 100% a puff piece. Total puff piece. That's okay. It's like a big, massive graphic novel brought to life. This is by far the biggest movie I've ever made. I don't think that you know what to expect. Don't get too attached. This has been truly the greatest, most exciting journey of my life making this film. Cut. That was great. Um, Yeah, so I I think that... um, You want to hear a hot take, a WWE hot take? I thought that the uh, Undertaker's... uh, Was it Graveyard Match? Was that how they put it? Uh, I thought that sucked. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciated the skill on display. Um, and I think they said they did it in one take. Cool. Um, it wasn't very good. I'm sorry. It just wasn't. It just was not good. It, it I, 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 I kind of liked the, um, the, the, um, I'm forgetting all the names of all the matches from that thing, but the, the fun house thing with Bray Wyatt, I thought that was fun. Um, but it, it, it also like I don't know why they just can't put more work into their video. There was that point very briefly. 
don't remember when it was, but there was that point where they started doing, um, oh, the stream cut out for a bit. Um, there was that point where they did the, um, oh shoot, what was, they did Raw, they did Monday Night Raw, and they changed it up and had like this, um, it wasn't like 2-4, but it was a slightly more widescreen look, and they tried to make it more cinematic, I think, in response to like Lucha Underground or something. And it looked really cool. And then they just abandoned it and went back to the same Bucky Beaver bullshit. And um, it, it 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 has that same feel of like, you could be doing things so much better. It could look so much better. It could be so much better produced. And then they don't do that. They have all this money, all this talent, and they can't be bothered to do anything well. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like... The Undertaker thing, it felt like that Matt Hardy video that turned into the huge meme. But the difference is, I didn't need to take that seriously. You know, that's from that was from a failing company. It was dumb. I was I was not invested in Matt Hardy's character within that company. Um, and it was outrageously stupid. And that's what we liked about it, was it was outrageously stupid. And they keep trying to redo that. Like it's like it's like the old guy. The old boss telling his social media guy, you need to make a viral video. Well, guy, that's not how it works. You don't just make a viral video. You make something that's unique, and the internet picks up on it. It's just what happens, man. So, anyway, my hot take is that Undertaker match fucking sucked. Um, and everybody shat down my throat when I said that night of. Um, yeah, so Suicide Squad looks great. Um, obviously, we haven't seen, like, a lot of actual footage, but I like that there's a ton of characters, so... Uh, they don't have to, like, feel weird about killing them off like they did in the uh, first Suicide Squad. Also, it has a director who has, like, nuance. <laughs> I like David Ayer all right, but not not a good movie, man. I don't care what the studio did to it. I don't care what the trailer house did to it. That wasn't going to be a great movie. Sorry. Um, and I even like that Joker. I thought I thought that was a good Joker. Um, not in it enough. So, anyway. Um... Other, oh, one more thing for DC, and then we'll go into Shutter Vision. Um, actually, two more things, um, but one from uh, Fandom. So this is just Deadline. Um, today, during a surprise DC Fandom panel about Milestone Media Oscar-nominated filmmaker Reginald Hudlin, uh, revealed that a Static Shock movie was in development as part of DC's revitalizing of the imprint, which is devoted to African-American voices. Um, so, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, this is pretty cool. I love Static Shock. I think he's a very cinematic character. And I really, 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 really hope this does not turn into bullshit and that we actually get um, a movie because that would be fantastic. I don't have anything else to say about it. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have like a desperate need to have black characters just because they're black. Um, I do think that adding more diverse voices to any property or any um, creative empire or whatever is a good thing because it keeps things from being stale and it includes people, so it's always good. Um, but Static Shock, just as a property, is so perfect for the big screen that it is shocking eh? uh, that uh, we have not gotten a Static Shock movie by now. So I am super excited about that. Um, Hopefully they don't fuck it up, but it seems like seems like DC and Warner Brothers are figuring their shit out, at least from a, a film standpoint. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if they trip up. But right now, I mean, they could 
they could outpace Marvel. Like they could, they could finally start to actually uh, beat the mouse a bit. I don't know that that'll happen, but I think I at least appreciate that they are giving so many people so much creative um, freedom. That makes me really happy. So excited for that. Um, I don't know. This didn't even like trend really as much. Um, I only heard about this secondhand. I didn't even like see this on Twitter. Um, so very excited about that anyway. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. Now, uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, and this is, I don't even have like a, a, a window for this or anything. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I watched that trailer for the Comey rule, um, with Brendan Gleeson playing Donald Trump. And it has got to be the weirdest goddamn thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. Um, like, I, I'm not going to get into the political side of side of it. I just want to talk about Brendan Gleeson playing Donald Trump. It's such an odd... Like, he sounds about right. His voice is a little bit deeper, I think. Um, but it doesn't feel like he's just doing a, an impression. And the makeup looks right. But I think it's because... Like, it's, it's kind of the same. Like, they showed briefly... Um, I don't remember the actor, but someone was playing Barack Obama. And... That actor also, it was like, it's because it's a face that I know so well from seeing it in the news all the time. And the fact that it's so recent, I just couldn't quite wrap my head around it. You know, like it just looks, it automatically has like an SNL sketch quality to it because it just looks so, it's it's that, um, it's like CGI people, you know, um, where it's the uncanny valley. I just, I can't quite grasp it and uh i you know i i i like that the director of breach is directing it that's cool i really like breach um but it's just so weird um it's so weird i i don't know how to feel about it uh and this came out of nowhere for me i know that they, they announced this a while ago i had not actually seen this until today i had not seen anything about this until today um, so it was just like suddenly Gleason and I was like, fucking what? <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll watch it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cancel. Was it Showtime? I think I'm not going to cancel Showtime. Uh, like these fucking snowflakes are talking about, um, over on the Twitters. Well, consider my Showtime canceled, made it an easy decision. Don't be a pussy. Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, so let's move on, uh, to Shutter Vision. Uh, I don't have a theme song for this either, so. Shutter vision, 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 vision. Um, I, I can't play the piano. Um, <laughs> uh, Shutter vision. Welcome to Shutter vision. Uh, our next segment on this, the debutish episode, the episode zero of uh, Movie Loaf. Uh. Uh, so I watched three movies. Um, I originally had the idea, uh, let me actually make sure I'm not missing something cause I might be. Um, so I was going to, uh, do a, a video segment on my channel. Oh good. I have notes. Awesome. Um, so I, I watched, um, the beach house and I watched blood quantum like a couple weeks ago. So I'm a little, I'm going to be using my notes on this one. So, um, first off, 
the Beach House. So The Beach House, uh, it's a first feature film as a director for um, Jeffrey A. Brown, who has kind of made his career as a locations manager. And so it's kind of a it's kind of a weirdly fitting project for him because of course it's about these people in a beach house and and sure enough it's a great location I don't know where they shot it um, off the top of my head but it is a really nice location it's a good house solid house good job um, and you know you get two really nice I know my audio is out of sync it, it's we talked about this at the beginning it's um, I have to do something with my two mixers because they're not like syncing up properly, which is very frustrating to me, but I apologize. Um, it's a good thing this is a podcast. Uh, so um, there's two nice hooks in a row that start things off. There's a, an underwater pre-title sequence that kind of tips us off on the end game, uh, and that's a big selling point. I really, from the get-go, I was like, oh, this is going to be like Lovecraftian horror. I'm in. And um, oh, offline again. Okay. Apparently hooking up to the modem did not work in my favor like I thought it would. So I'm going to have to get a new service. That's great. Anyway, um, so I still haven't watched Lovecraft Country, by the way. I apologize. Um, I, I have not watched it yet. I, uh, I I was considering reading the book first, and now that it's actually out there, I guess I do need to just watch it. Uh, I'm very excited to, to sit down and, and, and check it out. Um, so, doop a doop a doop. See, I'm going to try to, I'm going to probably cut out some of this stuff. Um, so, uh, so we, anyway, we, so we, it, it, it looks good. Uh, and then the idea of someone else being in the house, um, it adds kind of a nice real world phobia to tide us over until like the really weird shit begins. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I like that kind of, um, mix up that starts things off. I think that, you know, there's kind of that awkwardness with the, our main characters. Um, and basically what the movie, the movie is, is there's these, there's this young couple who have gone to this house that they have access to, and it turns out this other older couple is renting it at the time, and so it's a bit of a mix-up, but they kind of have fun and share wine and stuff, but they all get infected by this thing, um, and we don't know what it is, but it's weird and self-crafty, and it's gross. And that's the, that's basically the story. <laughs> um, and I, I when it first started, I really I hated the initial conflict between our two kind of young, attractive protagonists, um, there's lots of these initial interactions between between characters that feel very scripted um, and therefore kind of mind-numbing um, in, in horror movies. And that, that definitely had that issue. Uh, but then there's a point uh, around 15 minutes in when the camera focuses on some extreme close-ups of wine and, and an oyster um, that, that, you know, it started like getting me thinking, oh, okay. There might be something here under all this stilted dinner table exposition. And eventually it gets pretty good. Um, I am just going to be totally honest here. I did not think it was a great movie. Um, I had some issues. Uh, it, it is, it's frustrating because there's a great hook to it. Um, there's some really good body horror ideas. There's a moment where someone walks into the ocean that's very creepy and very unsettling. And I think it's probably probably the best part of the movie um there is one of the one of the body horror bits is uh not very well done um there's an awful prosthetic that reminded me of the um if you've ever seen the the cover for lake placid 2 um it kind of has like this like simpsons hand in the mouth of the crocodile and that's what it reminded me of there's a foot thing 
and the the prosthetic is really terrible. And I think if you're just focusing on the gore and the gross thing that's happening, then you might not notice it. But if you're like me and you kind of like latch on to the other details of production and those special effects moments, it's very glaring. Um, but, you know, beyond that, there's a lot of like minimalist scare tactics. Um, there's a big sh- like twist that I assume was meant to shock, but it's telegraphed a little bit too heavily. Uh, and when it comes out, comes around, it feels like a very natural but obvious progression of the plot. And I would say it also probably holds back a little too much. Um, by the time the end credits roll, I felt as though I hadn't really seen anything, or I, or I hadn't seen everything that I should have. Um, but with that being said, there's a great final image. Like it ends on a very solid final image. Um, you know, it's not like hereditary. You know, it's not this masterwork of pure art that's being shoved into every orifice of our bodies. Uh, it's just kind of good. Um, and it's okay to just be good. It's a, it's it's one and done entertainment. You don't need to rewatch it. I'll probably never rewatch it, but I'm very glad I watched it once. You know, I, I could get something out of it, and that's really all I need from a movie like this. If I can get like a little bit out of it, cool. You know, uh, I wish I'm sure they had a lo- like a very small budget, but I wish they could have gone a little bit further with the concept. I wish, you know, they had maybe tried something a little bit different from the standard bickering young couple uh cliche i'm not a big fan of that but it's a good movie i i would i would recommend one watch of the beach house but by the same token i remember seeing a ton of people on twitter just just gobbling the cock of this movie and going on and on about how it was like this insane lovecraftian horror that was gonna fuck you up Eh, it's good you know if you just want something to watch that's not too challenging it's good um, and speaking of, uh, I'm going to be talking about three movies in total, and we, we already know what the last one is, but um, speaking of very overrated by the horror critics right now, I saw someone, uh, I think it was Screen Rant, which of course it was Screen Rant, another site that I refuse to visit, um, who said this was like the best horror movie of the 21st century, and that is, oh boy, that is very off base. <laughs> Um, that's very, very off base. Um, and Sean King just said Colorado Space was better. I'll be talking about Colorado Space next episode. I think that comes that is that on Shutter now or did, it's coming out. I think sometime this week, maybe on on Shutter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Um, I guess I just realized that means I I have to do another Shutter Vision. That's fine. Um, so uh, Blood Quantum, Blood Quantum is a very fine movie. Uh, it, it starts really well. Um, it's all shot in Quebec. It's beautiful to look at. Um, at least for the first, like, third, it's beautiful to look at. Um, there's some luscious, like, muted autumn colors mixed with, like, vibrant reds. It, it looks very nice. Um, it's about uh, these um, natives... Uh, I'm blanking on the right word for this again. I don't know, like, me and words are not good. Um, but basically all these uh, uh, native Canadians, uh, a zombie virus breaks out, and they're the only ones who it does not affect. Uh, and that is a, that is a great um, kind of metaphorical way to take a zombie story. I was really indigenous. Thank you, Sean. Um, 
I was going with Aboriginal. I was like, that's not the right word. Um, indigenous people. Thank you. Um, so it's these indigenous people. Zombieism does not affect them. They are the only people that are not affected. They can still be eaten. So they can still be killed. There is that danger there still. Um, but there's no danger of them, you know, just getting bitten or scratched and turning into a zombie. Uh, and they, for the first third, is just them, like, finding out about this. You get zombie. First scene is zombie fish. Um, and then like animation, there's like this animated sequence. It's kind of, it feels like kind of lower budget Mandy in a way. So I was immediately sold on this. Like I was, I was good to go. Zombie fish and cool Mandy-esque animation and indigenous people as the main characters. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. I love the old guy. Um, I don't remember the actor's name, but the old guy plays the, the grandpa or whatever. Uh, cool. Awesome. Fucking in. And it gets right into it, too. Like, it immediately, you're just like, there's zombies happening. They find out about the zombies. Like, cool, we're dealing with zombies. Let's fucking do it. And then after this really great, violent scene on a bridge that's just fantastic, it cuts to, like, I think it's like a year later or something, like six months or a year later. And then it just came to a fucking halt for me. Big left turn. Um, and... I got I gotta be honest like it just turned into a normal post-apocalyptic zombie movie and it stopped working for me and I I I hate that I hate that almost as much as my dog barking during a podcast um and like there's still like there's some truly fantastic gore gags there's some questionable CGI but overall like the the direction is good the cinematography is really good. The acting ranges, but is generally between fine and great. Um, but it just feels like a waste of potential because I really would have loved to just see, like, basically sort of a... Um, I'm going to do it again where I can't remember the name of the movie, but the, the Alaska Vampire movie. Um, 30 Days a Night. Um, I would have liked, like, the 30 Days a Night approach where it's just following them through the this, like, few hours of the initial outbreak. Um, and, you know, yes, that would have depleted the kind of um, analogy they're trying to make. Depleted is not the right word. This would have, like, um, watered down the analogy. But, you know, I got to say, if it comes between making a fun movie that's enjoyable and works all the way through and watering down what you're trying to say, water it down or and not watering down what you're trying to I already fucked that up. Uh, point is, I would have rather they not try to get their point across as much if it meant a better movie. Because it just doesn't really work for me. And when it, like, ends, it ends on this very somber moment that doesn't really feel earned, to be honest. Like, it just, like, it, it feels like a movie that never really knows structurally or um, uh, from a uh, ah, brain. Um, this is why I need no, like detailed notes for everything. Uh, it doesn't know, you know, the tone it wants to set. And if it had set a tone, like if it had set a tone that was leading up to this somber moment, then great. But it's so like B movie for the most part that I, I just, I couldn't take that. F I, I, it felt like a joke at the end and it shouldn't have. Um, now is this all a bad thing? No, I think it's still a pretty okay movie. Like, I don't think it's a bad film. 
I would even go so far as to say pretty good. And I think for some people, great. But there's like this, I don't know what it is about like movies coming to shutter and people going apeshit. Is it because they don't expect good movies from streaming? Like, what is it? But people just suck this movie's dick. And I, I, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Maybe it's because it was indigenous peoples and everybody wants to be hip. But, you know, I, I would love to see more of them. I would like to see more of this director. Uh, I think he has another movie that I could watch. Yeah, he has another movie out there that I, I could watch uh, that I will at some point because I saw a lot of promise. And again, it was entertaining. But after that initial setup, I just got really just kind of middle of the road about it. There's a lot of weird character motivation. Um, I don't know. It's just not 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 that great, but also not that bad. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't Maybe I just don't like what most people like. I mean, I'm also the guy that thinks that, uh, like, several shot on video movies are some of the best movies ever. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that thinks Sledgehammer is a good movie. Uh, so, uh, you know, my opinion comes with a, a big old, big old chunky grain of salt. You know, this, this big old grain of salt right here. It was all set down. <laughs> um, so yeah, Blood Quantum, again, worth a watch. You know, I think, you know, obviously people liked it. So, you know, maybe you'll like it a lot. I just thought, yeah, really solid opening, middling, middle, okay finale. So let's come to the the, the big one. The one I actually, I watched this today, literally right before um, we started. And I, I, I wrote down some notes. I, I wish I'd written down more, <laughs> uh, but it's really not that big of a movie. It's Host. And Host is easily the best of these three movies. Like that's, I'll just put it right out there. Host is really good. Um, it's another one of those where I saw like four and a half out of five on, on Letterboxd. I was like, I'm not sure about that, but, and of course, I mean, you know, I mean, if you love it, you love it. That's fine. But, um, for me, really good film, really solid piece of filmmaking. Did I, you know, was I like totally just jamming with it the whole time? Actually, yes, because it's a fucking hour long. I think it's actually like 58 minutes. It is a tiny film. It is very short. Um, Almost to its detriment, I would actually say that it could have used a little bit more time. Not a ton. I think it's almost right. I think maybe like 10 more minutes, you know? I think make this like a like a 70-minute movie, and that's right there. That's that sweet spot. But as a 60-minute movie, still really good. It, 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 sets up, it sets up its characters. It, it gets its scares in. It set, well, it sets up the scares, gets the scares, and then comes to a conclusion, that's it. That's the movie. Done. So what is Host? Host is uh, a film. It's it's one of those screen capture movies, like Unfriended. Uh, and it is the entirety is an hour-long Zoom call. And one of my favorite things about the movie is it actually uses that, where you have a timer that's, that shows up every so often uh, saying, there's this much time left in this Zoom call. Would you like to upgrade uh, to get more time because of course that's a big thing with zoom is you have to have an upgraded paid account and if you have a free one you only get that hour and then like a limited amount of people and i love that it's like actually zoom and they're actually playing by the rules of zoom and utilizing that um as part of this horror story i think that's a fantastic idea um i love that i can see the characters names the whole time because a big problem with these kind of low budget bunch of mostly white people talking movies is I don't know. I don't remember who the fuck is, you know, when they, you know, if they say like, is Caroline all right? Oh, fuck. Which one's Caroline? 
Uh, in this case, their names are right there the entire time. So there's no issue there. You know exactly who everybody is. Uh, in the beginning, they set up kind of everybody's deal. Um, it doesn't all come back into play, but at least creates characters um, that we can, you know, feel for. Like one of them, uh, one of them has a, a, a relationship with her. Uh, let's see, which one is it? It's uh, Radina. Uh, decide, she decided to move in with her boyfriend while under lockdown. And that's another thing. This all takes place during lockdown. So it's very, very much of this time. Uh, so, and they are like having problems. And it does come to a conclusion, that, that subplot. But I wouldn't say it's like, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's part of the plot. Um, it doesn't have to be like a big deal. I'm just saying that they set these things up that really, while they do eventually come around... They're really more for the benefit of us as the audience uh, understanding who these people are so that we can then feel bad for them when they inevitably are attacked or die or whatever. Um, I also, it, it's very charming. Uh, they they use a lot of Zoom like elements that we specifically have only recently more or less started using. Um, the digital masks like the Snapchat type filters that people are using on Zoom a lot. Uh, that, that's a big part of it. Um, the, the backdrop feature where you can do like a video for your, your background and it automatically like, uh, cuts you out. Like it's a chroma key. Uh, that's a big part of the movie and it's probably my favorite bit. Um, there's a scare involving that, uh, that is easily my favorite part of the movie. It's so just fun and creative. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where you watch and you're like, of course, that's what you would do with that scare in a in a zoom horror movie like obviously that's what you would do with this element of zoom but at the same time i can't say i would have come up with it um so i i and especially the way they do it like the easy way would have been to do it with like a static image but they do it with a video just to add a little almost like a like dark humor to it and I, I think that's fantastic um let's see here and no, no, like big spoilers for this, by the way, since I know some people probably haven't seen it. But it's an hour long, so it's very quick. Um, let's see here. Uh, um, there's also um, there's a choice. Uh, let's see. They also um, oh, and they uh, very wisely decided to use um, more than just your standard like people in a house thing, because I mean, obviously, you know, this is set during lockdown. Everybody's inside uh, at their computers or their phones. Um, and I think one of the really beautiful things that they did was they, they ventured outside a little bit. They found ways to, to leave the rooms. At one point, they use a selfie stick, very smart. Um, they go outside. There's, um, small spoiler, there's a burning death. Was not expecting that. And because of, um, like, you know, it was definitely not like, um, stuntman getting burned, I don't think. I think it was all just a digital effect. But because everything is naturally kind of, you know, fucking ugly because it's all, you know, Zoom chat. Um, that works for it and, it, and it looks like this person is burning alive, and that's a really solid effect. Um, they also, uh, again, small spoiler, but they um show people's faces at the end, their profile pictures, um, because of how just naturally through how Zoom works. And I thought that's again great stuff, like great sort of morbid chef's kiss, uh, to this film. The only real issue I have. Or issues, I guess. One is that they do go the easy route more than a few times. Like, this is not, like, wall-to-wall, -to -wall, totally original, perfect ghost movie. 
Um, they use a lot of old tricks. They at one point they use the old like Polaroid camera in the dark uh, bit, which like come on, we've seen that a million times. Um, they do the the old pulling of people away from the camera trick, um, which is fine. That's a classic for a reason. Um, let's see. Uh, they uh, you know they you know they they do a good job, no doubt about it. They do a good job. And I, 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 I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, oh, by the way, I just noticed nine minutes ago, Something Witty donated $3.50 to my, my fund to take over the world. Thank you so much. Sorry, I didn't hear. I don't know why. Oh, I guess. Hmm. Sorry, I don't have the thing set up, I guess. Show. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. There we go. Um, um, don't know how to fix that. Oh, well. I will fix that another time. Um... Anyway, I, uh, okay, so, um, beyond just, like, the, like, basic issue of, like, a lot of unoriginality mixed in with those really good moments, um, I, I, this is, again, a small spoiler, but it's not, nothing surprising. There is, like, a demonic being, um, the whole, the whole concept of the film is that they are, um, having a seance over Zoom, and one of them, uh, pretends to know someone who died by suicide and this th things go awry because when you fuck with the the ghost world um the ghosts fuck back i guess <laughs> um so uh so yeah so the it's you know pretty standard issue plot and so of course there's like a demonic being and when they eventually do albeit briefly show this demonic being it's very much that like standard issue jump scare demon face with like the the scream effect and where it just goes ah! um and i don't know it's not a big deal but it's just something that could have been done a little bit better i feel like that was one of those cases where they really got a little lazy with it um and there's nothing horribly wrong with that again it's not something that ruins the movie by any means it's just one of those things where i'm like oh okay uh, and the fact that it comes at like a really big tense moment, you know, I wish that that moment could have been paid off better, but you know, that's, that's my big issue. And if that's my big issue, then cool. Like I, I can deal with that. I'm okay with that being the big issue, um, that, oh, the demon kind of sucks and a few of the scares are kind of standard. Um, I had a lot of like that, you know, uh, that feeling of of unease throughout the film. Uh, it's the one movie. Well, it's not the one movie. I guess Unfriended. Uh, it's it's a movie that I would say works best if you're just like in your office or wherever your computer is, um, alone at night, watching with headphones. Like, mwah, that it's it's a good scary movie. And that's I mean, I don't need my horror movies to be big artsy. You know, um, you know, change your life. Uh, endeavors if it's just a movie that's that scares me like I basically just I want like pure artistic bliss tons of gore or scares or maybe like really good comedy um, I want one of those for my horror movies um, if you can like put all those together amazing but if I can just get one of those perfect and this movie is scary like if it makes me feel uneasy you've done your job I'm I'm a hard Hard one to freak out. 
Uh, I wouldn't say I ever like jumped or anything, but the fact that I had that sense of unease, that I felt tension, that I was, you know, constantly, you know, looking out for what was going to come next. You know, there's like all these windows, uh, you know, with people's faces and there's, you know, like hallways in the background and like lights in the background. It's like, are those fucking eyes? What's going to, what is, is anything going to happen back there? Is something going to show up? Really good. Um, so I would say that, you know, could be a little longer, could have used some better choices with some effects, but you have really solid performances. So it feels very true to life. Does not feel like actors um, in front of webcams, which I was really worried about. It feels like a legitimately solid horror film and is exactly what I would like to happen more in this time where people are just making indie horror that that works. Um, and that's great. That's great. And yeah, so that's that's what I got for Shutter Vision this week. Um, I'm not going to guarantee this is a weekly thing. Uh, the thing about Movie Loaf is Movie Loaf is all kinds of stuff. I have all kinds of weird, dumbass ideas that we'll be using on this show. Um, I will be getting guests on eventually. Uh, I really just wanted to work out the kinks. The uh, audio not syncing up to the video is one of those kinks that I apparently need to work out. Um, I have an idea of what to do about the sync issue. I'm just going to have to play with it. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining me for episode zero <laughs> of my uh, weird live streamed podcast thing. Uh, I, I, I This is where like a, a theme song should start to play. The movie loaf, the movie loaf, the movie loaf, movie, movie, movie loaf, movie loaf. It's the movie loaf with Michael Key. I really need to get Roger and Shannon to make me a fucking song. Um, all right. With that being said, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you can follow me on the the hellscape known as Twitter at Michael Keen. You can follow me on the Foss books. Uh, you can follow me on the Instagrams at MB Keen. Uh, of course, check out Dragon Con this coming week. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Uh, but check out Dragon Con. The Discord is open for new memberships. You just got to click a little badge emoji and you're in. Um, a lot of cool stuff. Um, um, I've been told is coming for that. Um, and of course, uh, if you're a patron, thank you so much, patrons. I appreciate it. You're awesome. And uh, if you want to become a patron, that link is in the description. I appreciate that as well. Y'all dope as hell, folks. And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, I'm just going to do this the same way I do everything. Go watch a movie.